Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is Jacob Morrison, who's, uh, we're going to be talking about his new documentary entitled River's End, and it couldn't be more timely. This was a very fascinating documentary, Jacob, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here, too. So let's jump right in, because this is a very timely subject. I have been saying this long before I lived in California, and I've been here, uh, I'm in my 17th year of living in California, and I'm from the East Coast. And even back a long time ago, I said, water's going to become our new oil. We're going to be, everybody's going to be scrambling for water. Little did I know that when I came to California, that would be the case. And as climate change is affecting everyone, and it's certainly affecting California, I think even, well, every everybody's being affected in different ways, but ours certainly has to do with our drought. So how did you, and why did you decide to make this documentary? Well, that's a great foundation you just laid there, I, I do think you're right, water is becoming so precious. But, you know, when I was really first interested in this subject, I guess I was thinking more about doing a short film. It was during the height of the last drought, and I was looking for just a fun little project to do with my cousin. And uh, just the more I learned, I think that the more I realized that there was a feature film here, recognizing things like, you know, 80% of the water that people use is used by agriculture. You know, a lot of that water for crops that are being exported to other countries and that money that's being made is really not trickling down to communities in California and how, yes, climate, of course, is contributing to the drought and making it worse, but there's also this water mismanagement crisis happening at the same time. I think I just was so fascinated by it and realized that I really, really needed to make a movie of it. And then uh, it was just a long journey of interviewing people and discovering more about the story. And the more I learned, the more I was able to, you know, have a sense of what I was telling and how to frame it. Um, but I think you did a great job just now. When I started watching this immediately, the movie Chinatown came to mind, and obviously that is featured in this. And that movie was made, what, 1974. So we've been talking about this issue for a long, long time. It's always about following the money, isn't it? Everything is about money unfortunately. And um, big companies are what's controlling uh, our country. More and more and more, it feels like every time you turn around, even our politicians, they're, you know, in the pockets of big money and, you know, making decisions based on their next election, which is just so frustrating for all of us, you know, who are not getting the benefits and the things that we need in our country. And water is one of them. So one of the things that, you know, has been discussed uh, even in the past was like bringing the water down. I always thought, okay, well, Washington State has lots of water. Let's, you know, Oregon gets lots of water. Let's do a pipeline, you know, from from Washington and Oregon down to California. But there is a pipeline here that you talk about, which is completely different. Let's talk about that. Yes. And I will say that I think California's history is one, like is described in Chinatown, of going out to a place, kind of taking that water, bringing it to the place where people are or where agriculture is, away from this area, uh, usually of a kind of a more lush environment and where there are some people and really destroying that environment to further grow and benefit this other environment. So that's sort of this history that's been repeating itself. That's what Chinatown was in many ways about. So today, kind of two thirds of Californians get at least some of their water from the California Bay Delta, which is this uh, freshwater ecosystem in Northern California 
which is connected to the San Francisco Bay. And we get water from the state and federal aqueducts, which are really kind of like the arteries of California in many ways. And that water is being used both by cities like Los Angeles and San Diego and Santa Barbara and, you know, also San Francisco, but also um, being used by agriculture in the Central Valley, uh, which nowadays is being taken up more and more by giant agricultural corporations as small family farms go out of business. But yeah, we all rely on this really kind of complicated water system. And we could talk about that, but I also think one thing to point out is that we do in many cities like Los Angeles have the resources to actually not have to rely so much on places in Northern California for our water. But that will take more sort of reuse and recycling of water uh, that we're starting to see happen, but uh, we could certainly do a better job of it. For as long as I've lived here, and as I said, coming on 17 years, it is 17 years, um, we have been talking about putting a desal plant here, and it's been ongoing, and it's never-ending. And um, I live in Carmel, California, and, you know, we get our water from the Carmel River, and there's talk about that, that we can't, because I think it's the steelhead trout, I believe, that comes out of there that is going to be endangered. And you talk about the fish being endangered about with the Delta, and we'll talk more about that. So you don't get into uh, desal plants. What are your thoughts? I just want to know what your thoughts are on, on that. And what's the pros and cons, in your opinion, yeah. of doing something like Because everybody says, well, you've got the Pacific Ocean. Why don't you just do something with that? Right, right. I mean, yeah, I, I hear that a lot. Yeah, you're right next to the ocean. So why don't you just get that water? Um, and yeah, you know, a film, you only have so much time. So I tried to really focus on what I thought uh, is important to focus on. And not to minimize desal, because I think there is a place for it. But there are lots of issues with desal. Uh, namely, it's incredibly expensive. Um, if we wanted to kind of, quote unquote, kind of end the drought by desal, uh, we would need to have a desalination plant uh, every mile of the coast up the entire state, uh, which I don't think we want to do. No, we don't. But want another to do thing, that. you know, is that desal produces brine. It pulls out water from the ocean, and then you're left with this toxic waste. And what they do is just put it back into the ocean, which has been sort of destroying the the, the ocean ecosystems and also you don't really want to probably swim near that and it's so there, there are a lot of issues with desal um, but I think you know in many ways the biggest are that environmental one and uh, the cost um, it's just it's not uh, a cost effective way to get more water I think when people realize that cities only make up you know 20% of the water that people use and there's this whole other giant slice of the pie that we could very easily reduce if we wanted to, because, for example, almonds, pistachios, walnuts collectively use more water than all the cities in California. Uh, Alfalfa, which is primarily a cattle feed, uses the same amount of water as all outdoor landscaping in every city in California combined. So we have these crops that, uh, you know, California produces 80% of the world's almonds, and we grow them in a desert. And almonds are tree crops, so they have to be watered if there's a drought, if there's not a drought. So it just puts an enormous stress on the state's water system. And I think it's also important because people will say, well, okay, well, maybe it's, a, you know, agriculture supports the economy. Agriculture makes up only 2% of the state's GDP. People will say, um, okay, well, you know, does it support, uh, you know, farm workers in Central Valley and, and that economy? Well, unfortunately... You know, for example, the Westlands Water District, which is the largest water district in California, is the poorest congressional district in the United States. I mean, this is like 
you know, these people are just, you know, not being paid well for the work they do. Well, you know, the people who own these farms live in Beverly Hills, like the Resnicks, you know, their money doesn't, their tax money doesn't go into these communities. So it's, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, family farms out there that exist and that are growing important food and fiber and that, you know, and I'm not trying to demonize agriculture, but on a whole, agriculture has grown to a size that's unsustainable. And if we were to just deal with that, we really would not have to worry so much about desal or, you know, the drought. I mean, it would it would really, really make this problem much less uh, if, if we could just sort of be responsible with how much water we use and how much we leave in our rivers. Is there a way, and I know, and, and when, I mean, I live in near Salinas, which is another, you know, agricultural area here. Um, I wonder if there's anybody who has proposed any... Um, Laws where the um, food that is grown in our country stays in our country and feeds the people here rather than importing it uh, to other countries. And I understand that would curtail uh, some of the profit base, perhaps, but it would certainly help some of the issues that we have. What, has there any been talk about doing that? That's interesting. Um, and no, I, I don't really believe there has. The conversations right now have to do with um, putting caps on how much groundwater we can we can use, which is important. But also, now that people know that there will be a limit imposed, they're actually extracting more groundwater now than ever to to get ahead of that. But um, but the other thing that's really being talked about is uh, there is an organization, a governmental organization in California called the State Water Resources Control Board. And that board is tasked with deciding how much water we can use and where and how much water do we need to leave in our rivers and that kind of thing. And um, they did, over a long period of time, an independent you know, scientific review of how much water do we need to leave in the system to basically not have you know, all of the species go extinct, um, which, of course, affects people as well. You know, the salmon fishing industry in California has been decimated. Uh, just as an example, you know, and, and tribes, Native American tribes that rely on salmon fishing are also uh, undergoing what they call a, a cultural genocide. So these, these issues affect people, which I think is important to mention. It's not just fish first farms. Right. Um, but um, they decided that we need to leave about 70% of water in our rivers in order to have a sort of healthy, uh, you know, sustainable water system. And right now we do not do that. We take often more than half of the water from the rivers. Uh, you know, the San Joaquin River, which is the second longest river in California, we had drained completely dry. And so, um, you know, now that they've just determined that number, the board was supposed to sort of vote to enforce that. Um, but uh, this was just at the end of Jerry Brown's administration. He had asked the board not to enforce this. Governor Newsom came on board. He had asked the board not to enforce this. He was going to find some kind of other solution, which has uh, eluded his administration so far. And, you know, it just seems like there isn't the political will to actually do anything here. So that's what's been discussed is just sort of finding a limit and then people can kind of do what they want with it. But uh, yeah, I I hope one day to see that limit enforced. Um, You talk a lot... 
maybe in the next election uh, that we will have next year, maybe we maybe some of us should be starting to make this an issue, a political issue that we want to make sure that whoever is elected governor next uh, makes this a top priority because. Again, we're burning up. California's burning up. That's another story altogether, but with, with the drought itself. But um, when we don't, when we're having to put out all these fires, it's certainly taking a lot of water, too, out of, out of, out of the system. So um, maybe we need to start making this, again, climate change and uh, water a bigger issue than we have. I mean, it's coming to the forefront, but Perhaps as a Californian, we may need to make this a bigger issue, perhaps. So. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, but I do think people have been saying that for a while and it hasn't been happening. And my sense is the majority of people around the world, but California in particular, don't know where their water comes from. Um, not everyone, but most, pe- most people do not. And uh, I think that's sort of the first step until everyone kind of has that bare minimum level of interest. Water doesn't come from the tap. It comes from, you know, the Owens Valley. It comes from Sacramento, San Joaquin Bay Delta. It comes from the Colorado River, whatever. Um, Once they kind of, I think, realize that, then they might hopefully think, well, how are those places doing? And then I'm just hoping once we can get there, then that could create just enough interest and political will uh, that politicians will have to make it an issue of priority because as it happens now it's it's not uh, something that really is is being dealt with seriously by our leadership and then but we're also seeing i think the vast majority of people uh not know that and not care about that so that's my hope and by the way if you go to the film's website uh, riversendfilm.com slash resources we have a tool there where you can find where your water comes from uh, wherever you live in the world. Uh, so well, good. use that. Well, let's repeat that again at the end, too, for sure. It's um, You talk a lot about the Delta and that and what we're doing to the Delta. And um, what, let's talk about that a little bit, because it's a big portion of what this movie is about. Yeah. So two-thirds of Californians get at least some of their water from the Bay Delta. It's this estuary east of San Francisco Bay. Our biggest uh, rivers in the state really all kind of converge into this one delta uh, before flowing out into the Pacific Ocean. And it's really become the, the battleground for California's water wars uh, because, you know, agriculture gets its water from this place and major cities get its water from this place. Um, and, and smaller, uh, you know, towns uh, rely on it as well. So, and, oh, and, you know, you have a bunch of farms actually in the Delta mm-hmm. that are oftentimes smaller farms who, you know, are seeing their water become more salty as more of the fresh water is shipped to the Central Valley to the bigger farms and then more of the ocean water comes in. And uh, so there's that issue. And of course, fishing industry uh, is very much uh, reliant on the Delta as well as our ecosystems. You know, we have six uh, fish species that are headed towards extinction right now in the Bay Delta. And uh, it really is one of the most important uh, ecosystems in, in California because of how it connects to all of our rivers. So it's kind of the heart of the state and it's really unhealthy. And that has very much to do with just taking too much water out of the system. And unfortunately, climate change is only going to make these issues worse because dry places will become drier, wet places will become wetter. And also it changes the hydrology, you know, in the way that we capture water doesn't doesn't match anymore so unfortunately like snow might fall as rain it might come more intensely at smaller periods of time and we don't have right now the infrastructure to capture that appropriately and so that's 
there's, there's so much to be said about it, but um, that's sort of your, your overview of the Delta. And it's, again, it goes back to being a worldwide problem. Um, I, I have some support and actually a, a, an organization that does bring clean water to third world countries and um, and we also supported uh, support going we went to Kenya and watched and created um, helped them finance to create the water barrels to collect the rain so they could reuse it you know for for their water and have clean water uh, and unfortunately, we just we dance when it get, when it rains here in California. I know they're getting pelted on the East Coast, and I'm from the East Coast originally. But they're, they're getting an, an abundance of, of water, <laughs> and we're not. And uh, when we had the big storm this weekend, I think everybody was super excited. You know, this past weekend, oh my God, we're going to have a whatever a cyclone bomb and uh, a river. <laughs> what was an atmospheric river? We're all like, what are those words? <laughs> those are new. And uh, and it was very exciting, but it, it was for where, where I am. It was just heavy rain. It wasn't that bad. Um, uh, north of here, it was obviously far far worse. But as it went down the coast, it dissipated a lot more. But and, and yeah, so yeah, we're all excited when we get a rain day, which is just unusual that we all get. Well, can't wait to get outside and go in the rain. So we desperately need it. I don't know what the, what, what's going to happen in the future with all of this. But um, another thing that you tell, I want to hear uh, tell the listeners um, the story of why you got involved. This about the Sam and fishermen about the boat sure because i think that's a great story and and that's what sparked you doing this film correct it it was one of the the many contributing factors it's hard to pinpoint any one particular thing that really uh could could make me do this for five (laughs) plus years that's because how Uh, long did it take you okay so now we know five plus years but uh it's true you know i was i was out in san francisco bay uh at the fisherman's wharf an actual Fisherman's Wharf, not the right. not the tourist spot, but sort of a block away. There was an actual pier where the salmon fishermen hang out, and um, I saw a boat that was uh, submerged, um, at least partly under the water. I think there was just sort of a mast sticking up, and uh, I, I had asked, uh, I guess, a fisherman there what uh, was going on, and he said that this was one of his colleagues who had been fishing there for for decades. Um, and because there were no longer enough salmon really to support the industry, because we take too much water out of the system, the salmon are starting to go extinct. Um, this person could no longer really make his livelihood out of this, this business and um, decided to uh, basically drink himself to the bottom of the bay. And um, so I was just, I was amazed. You know, it was so sad and tragic and mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those kinds of things where we're all, we all have some involvement here. I mean, we all get water from this place and most of us have never heard of it and don't care about it, unfortunately. And um, that leads to tragedies like this, unfortunately, I think kind of frequently. So um, yeah, that, that definitely told me that this was an important story. Yeah, very, very important story to tell. And that's a sad story, you know, about, you know, and you, and you, you had great access. I mean, you talk about the political issues about, <laughs> because that is pretty big, the big corporation. And I, I'll let you talk about who it is and what they're doing and, and the government. And, you know, just again, you know, it, it just frustrates me when you see all these big yeah. businesses have their hands and everything. And, and yeah, but go on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, again, this started when I was like 21 or something. So it was, I mean, this is my first film. And so uh, 
it was a process truly of getting all of the access and getting these people in the film. Cause like, do you feel at the end that we, we got all of the major players and all of the major experts on this issue in the film mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but it really was sort of starting somewhere and building your kind of roster of, of your cast. And then, you know, you can use that as leverage to get, you know, the bigger fish and the bigger fish and kind of work that way up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm also in general interested in the systems that create these problems because it's not often individuals, it's, it's bigger systems. And so, you know, the Westlands Water District, the largest water district in, in California, um, is a place where a lot of these crops are grown that I think are often pretty unsustainable. So I made sure that we interviewed uh, the heads of that that place. And the same with Metropolitan Water District of Southern California. They really control water in California in many ways. They're described in the film as sort of the elephants in the room. Um, but, you know, I think there, there are some individuals and corporations that also are key players. And one that only gets kind of a mention in the film is um, the Resnick, uh, which owned the wonderful company, and uh, also Fiji Water and, and Teleflora. But the, the Resnicks, um, they own the largest farm in California, which collectively uses more water than all of this, all of the homes in the city of Los Angeles. And, you know, they're, they're one of those companies that's growing crops that are being exported and uh, are not so important, really, I think, feeding the nation, you know, which is, which is the, the, the argument you hear, you know, oh, we're, we're creating food and fiber that's important to feed the nation. And, and, you know, we're keeping that food here and that's important for national security. And, um, you know, I would believe it uh, if it wasn't almonds uh, that we're right. exporting, you know. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, um, it is a, it is an issue that has a lot to do with money and, and really a select few kind of districts and select few um, farm owners, uh, because farms now really are often huge corporations um, uh, that I think lobby to keep the system as it is and keep it as complicated as it is so that most people don't know what's going on and can't really get involved and do anything about it and um yeah so i hope more people learn where their water comes from so we can create more of a you know a a a movement uh just to get our politicians a little bit more interested so that we can take action so i think we know what we need to do and it's quite obvious in, in my opinion and this movie um, really lays it out very beautifully and carefully. Uh, um, so we do. I mean, it's a wake-up call. This, this again. Uh, it took you over five years to put this together, and yet it's just—it's even more timely, I'm sure, now than it even was when you began this project. Yeah, it started during the height of the last drought, and here we are again in another state of emergency, uh, which I couldn't have predicted, but. Uh, it fits, you know, it fits with just the new kind of climate model and that drought's really the new normal. Yes, it is. Um, where can people find River's End? Where can they watch it? And I highly recommend everybody look for for this film because it is so timely. It is so important. No matter where you live in this in the country or in the world, water is the resource that, again, I, as I've said forever, it's going to be our new oil. We're going to be needing, water's going to be the scarcest resource that we have if we don't do something to change things. So where can people, and this movie really, is is shines a, a big light on this issue. Uh, so, Jacob, where can people find River's End? Thank you. Yeah, so the film will be available basically anywhere you would go to rent something. So um, Amazon, iTunes, uh, Google Play, which I think is also YouTube. Um, uh, sorry, did I say Apple TV? Uh, <laughs> 
anywhere where you get, it's video on demand just about anywhere yeah yeah um, and if you were wanting to pre-order it uh, you could do that on Apple TV or iTunes okay and then the and then your website again so people can look find out where their water comes from yeah so um, our website's riversendfilm.com and I would click on the resources tab or type in riversendfilm.com slash resources and that's where you'll see a, a tool that we um, have really uh, as a courtesy of the Nature Conservancy, which kind of partnered with us to, to do this. And um, yeah, zoom in Great. on where you are on the map and see where your water comes from. Great. Everybody search it out. I highly recommend it. Thank you for being on the show, Jacob, and good luck with the film. Thank you, Jan. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived. Or you can go to your favorite podcast network. You can go to iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Play, Spotify, Google Play. Go to my YouTube channel and please subscribe. And you can get us on your smart TV, too. And you can follow us at The Jam Price Show on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. 